Welcome to Career Pod, brought to you by Transition Solutions. Your host for today's episode is a member of the Career Pod team, Mr. Lou Gaglini. Today on Career Pod, we're joined by Mike Danubio. Mike is Vice President of Human Resources with the Boston Red Sox, an organization that many of us are likely familiar with. Hello, Mike. Welcome to Career Pod. Hey, Lou. Good morning. Uh, thanks for having me. All right. Glad you could join us today. I want to jump right into it and start hearing about your life as a human resources executive with the Red Sox. And just let me start off with a very broad-based question. What does a human resource... Well, you know, a lot of us have had exposure to human resources. Most of us, especially if we've been in traditional types of companies, we have a sense of what HR is. But what does a human resources executive do? Yeah, great question. I think, you know, and I I talk to a lot of folks that are interested in in getting in the profession and, um, you know, human resources executive does a lot of different things depending on what you do. You know, there's there's something that, you know, some people uh, decide that they want to be a generalist and they focus on a lot of different areas of HR and that could be compensation, benefits, systems, um, recruiting, commonly known as, or or talent acquisition, commonly known as recruiting, you know, uh, performance management, learning and development, so many different aspects. So that's what a generalist would do. You know, when I think about people who are specialists and HR specialists, some people say, you know what, I really want to be focused on compensation. I really love the recruiting aspect of HR, and that's really really where I want to spend my time. So there's a lot of different things that happen uh, and that you do as a human resources executive. I think one of the most important things that I do um, is is lead and advise um, uh, our our other executives, you know, within the organization. Um, So providing coaching and advice to our employees, either about their careers or about decisions that they have to make and how to lead and govern the organization. Sometimes those are tough decisions. They take a lot of, uh, a lot of talking through and understanding of the organizational culture and, and nature of the organization. But, um, you know, there's, there's a broad base, of, broad base of things that people do. And um, I think, like I said, the one that the, one that the human resources commonly, commonly you hear about is the care and feeding of the organization and the people. So mm-hmm. You're really taking care of the people as many aspects as you can. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you for the overview. Let's let's hear a little bit about your background. You you and I have known each other for many years, but your background is an interesting one. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are today to be VP of Human Resources with the Red Sox? Sure, I would say I, I took what uh, what is probably a non-traditional route to get to where I am, um, as you know, because uh, back mm-hmm. in the day when when we first met. Uh, you know, I was coming out of college as an accounting major and I was going to uh, work for one of the big six firms, uh, uh, you know, now big four, but that was one of my You're goals. You're dating yourself when you say that. I know. I said now big four and I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to go where I wanted to go work for one of the big firms and, you know, be an auditor, maybe someday be a partner and, um, you know, stay in that accounting profession. And, you know, what I realized early on in my career was that I really enjoyed my clients. I really enjoyed the people I work with at the firm. But what I really liked most was uh, was working with people. You know, I didn't know if I wanted to bang a calculator for the rest of my life. And so, you know, what was most interesting to me at the time was this element of campus recruiting. It was, mm-hmm. you know, it was as a as a young person, it was it was exciting. It was interesting. You spend your time out on college campuses, getting to know students. What you're really doing is, you know, you're recruiting. You're kind of selling, right? Selling the, the culture of the firm and, and and why somebody should come to your firm versus another. And you spend a lot of time out there speaking with professors and, and, and the students. And, um, it's, you know, it really matched my personality. And, you know, like a lot of things in life, when I tell, you know, many, many, uh, people who are interested in whatever career they're, they're, they're in, 
right place, right time, you know, and there was an opportunity at the firm. I had been there for probably about four years. Um, you had moved on to a national role at the time and other people, you know, so the opportunity became available, you know, that said, Hey Mike, there's an opportunity to take over this role as campus recruiting. Um, and that's kind of how I got, how I cut my teeth in HR was running the programs at, at Deloitte um, to bring in, you know, 40 to 50 new accountants every year. Um, mm-hmm. What I realized, what I realized um, after doing that for, for many years is, you know, it can be somewhat, um, it's cyclical. The work is cyclical. You know, it doesn't, not that it grows boring because there's a lot of excitement on, co- on college campuses and when you're, when you're dealing with young people, but I, I knew I wanted to do more. And so um, I continued to grow my career in the talent acquisition space, getting more involved with, um, with uh, experienced high recruiting. So in IT and you know, in finance and, you know, just continue to grow in that talent acquisition kind of mm-hmm. silo. What I was talking about earlier, being a specialist. Um, and this opportunity for me, you know, which I'm at the Red Sox now for, for nine years, what was most attractive about it beyond the fact that, hey, I get to go work for the hometown team that I grew up rooting for was really that it was a more broad based role that allowed me to, to grow and develop, you know, my skill set beyond just talent acquisition into performance management, employee relations, um, you know, a lot of, again, the, the coaching and, and, and people um, you know, man- managing more people and just being involved in a lot of other elements of HR. And that's kind of, uh, that was kind of my path to where I am today. It's very non-traditional, um, but, but it's, uh, it worked for me. So you mentioned stepping into the human resources world back in your Deloitte days by way of recruiting, or as we call it, talent acquisition. Is that a typical route for people or is that, is that a more common route or are there other paths for people to, to break into HR? Yeah, so many different ways, you know, and I think you've talked to, you know, if you have this conversation with 10 different people, you might find 10 different stories. Um, I do find that, you know, there is, there is a um, recruiting is a common entry point into talent acquisition. And that could be somebody working, you know, at a, at a temp agency or another type of agency where they're doing, you know, um, search, you know, where they might be hiring, you know, um, resources for a company where they're trying to get, you know, fulfill, uh, fulfill a, a customer service center or, you know, high volume type recruiting is, is a common way for people to, to get into, uh, into HR. But, you know, I think some people work their way in. They start as a coordinator where they might be assisting somebody, you know, uh, an HR generalist, or they might be assisting somebody in the talent acquisition side. And that's kind of how they, you know, and they figure out from there what they really like and what they want to do. And they may say, hey, you know what, I've got an opportunity to go into comp or into benefits and, um, you know, a lot of different ways to get into it. Um, but I think that, um, you know, I think that no matter which, which way somebody chooses, um, you know, at the end of the day, I, I think you certainly have to, you know, care about people and you have to want to be involved with the people aspect of it. And there's good and bad that are associated with all of that. Yeah. Now you mentioned Deloitte and now the Red Sox today, there's about 20 years in between the two. Where else have you found yourself? What, what organizations, what industries, and how is sure. that? helped your HR profession evolve or grow or come to where it is today? Yeah, I, I would say I've been, I've been very fortunate. I've been very blessed to work for, you know, recognizable brand names, you know, in the New England area, you know, after I left Deloitte, you know, I, re, I left there for an opportunity at Staples, you know, which uh, your, your office superstore, which again has changed so yeah. much since the time I was there, but um, you know, and I had an opportunity to build a program there. So at Deloitte, you know, they've been, They've been doing campus recruiting for years and years and years. They knew how to do it. They had been doing it well. And, um, you know, I had this opportunity to go to Staples and they were at the time, they were really only, you know, 13 years old. Um, 
which, you know, was very young and, and, you know, they had started the office superstore industry, but they didn't have a campus recruiting program. And so they said, Hey, we're looking for someone to come in and build this program. And so it was, it was different because I, instead of focusing on one group of, you know, accountants, I was now thinking about marketing and logistics and finance and recruiting MBAs and people for our strategy group, but it was an opportunity to build something. And um, that was, that was one of the industries I worked in and learned, learned a lot. It's very different. You know, retail is very different than public accounting. Um, sure. And so, so that was, that was my first opportunity after Deloitte. Um, and I, you know, I spent some time at, at Hasbro, you know, your favorite uh, toys and games uh, manufacturer, yeah. you know, so GI Joe and Transformers and My Little Pony <laughs> and Easy Bake Oven. I mean, you know, I was surrounded by toys and games. It was, it was a great opportunity. And again, what they didn't have at the time was, um, you know, I guess I should say I was at Staples for seven years and kind of grew into that more experienced recruiting role. And what Hasbro, a company that was almost 100 years at the time and, you know, global and rec- recognizable, they didn't have a, uh, what I would call a talent acquisition center of excellence. So they had a very distributed model of um, how they recruited and brought in talent for marketing, design, and engineering. And they needed somebody to come in and really streamline that and build it up. So I had the opportunity to do that and spent about three and a half years there. And, um, you know, uh, it was it was one of those things, like I said, surrounded by toys and games every day. It was it was kind of like a dream come true, and then, you know, you, then you get the chance to go to go work for, for uh, you know, for your favorite baseball team, and you know, uh, it was it was it was a great opportunity and very different, you know, um, you know, a lot. Red Sox is one of the biggest brands I've worked for in terms of recognizable, you know, uh, recognition, but you know, small in terms of the number of employees and um, and things like that, and 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 you know, very very different from Staples and, and Hasbro. But I will tell you. I feel like HR is HR is HR. If you understand the concepts, you should be able to apply those to different industries. Now, not everybody feels that way. Some industries say we really want to have the focus be within our industry, but I feel like, you know, this has been to my advantage to have worked in multiple industries over time. Hmm. So it seems like you've had the opportunity to hone your skills, whether it's in professional services and accounting, retail, and now uh, professional sports, you've been able to hone your skills. Along the, and, and you're an accounting major, right? You came out of yes. college with an accounting degree. Yes. Um, what types of training, education, certification, whatever it may be, have you picked up along the way that has helped you in your HR profession? Yeah. Well, well, I will say one thing about you know coming out of um, public accounting and making that transition into human resources. You know, my CPA has never failed me, I guess. Let's put it that way. You know, understanding mm. budgets and financial statements, you know, is a, I think is a, is a very important part of any executive's role, no matter whether you're in human resources, whether you're in finance, whether you're in marketing, you really need to understand, you know, all of those, those, those elements, um, you know, as you, cause you're going to, you know, at that level be managing a budget. Um, but I would say from, from that perspective, you know, I needed to get some training. So when I, when I was at Deloitte, the first thing, I did when, you know, uh, and they, and they had me do when I became, um, you know, on the HR side running the campus programs was go to basically like a, a legal update and a legal training. So to understand mm-hmm. some of the things that you should, shouldn't say, things you can and can't do, but also just to make sure that we were, you know, that I was, had that, had that training. And then from there, you know, I took, I wanted to get, uh, sought out additional certification. So, you know, uh, became CHR certified. So that's professional human resources through HRCI, which is the uh, mm-hmm. Certification Institute, um, which has multiple levels. They have the SPHR, they have the GPHR. So, you know, I got that certification and I, and I think that, it, you know, uh, Insurum now has, you know, uh, the designations that are out there. 
I think it's, you know, I think some people say, most, most times people say they, they prefer those designations. What it shows to me is a commitment to the profession. So if somebody is interested mm-hmm. in getting involved in human resources, I think taking one of those courses, passing the test, getting those, getting that designation, not a requirement, but it certainly gives you a broad base of, uh, of HR knowledge that will, again, that will not fail you down the road. And I think it's a good thing to have. Um, and then other things I've done, you know, I, I've, I'm, uh, certified as a predictive index analyst. So that's a behavioral assessment that we give to our employees at the Red Sox. It's been around for a number of years. Um, and so I've spent some time in training on that. And we use it for recruiting. We use it for um, management communication. We use it for a lot of different things. And I've also, um, you know, been certified in, uh, in instruction, live instruction for um, a course called Mastering Emotional Intelligence. Um, and that is, um, you know, it's like a, again, something that I think is a skill from an HR perspective, be able to work with your employee base and the people that you're coaching. And, you know, if you can have a better understanding of your own EQ and continue to grow that, then you can also help others do that as well. Great. So you mentioned that you've had the opportunity to, to lead others, to coach others, to motivate others. Do you actually currently, do you find yourself training other people? It sounds like you've become a certified trainer in some areas. Do you regularly supervise others and train them in their in the work that they do, and I'm talking about maybe line managers or other professionals. Yeah, so I, I do, you know, and there's, it, it's interesting, depending on kind of the cycle of the year and where you are and kind of what the organization, organizational maturity is, you can do certain things, but we've put, you know, we put a lot of our, uh, a lot of our um, employees, and, and when I say at the Red Sox, we do this in intact teams. So we'll say, okay, your team is going to go mm-hmm. through a predictive index training. Um, and again, it's more about understanding them, understanding more about themselves, understanding their profiles, what they're innately kind of, you know, um, geared to do for, you know, again, as a predicted from a, from a personality perspective. And then, you know, we share those profiles with each other in the team. So it might be all of marketing comes together or all of um, accounting comes together. And they start to learn a little bit more and, and, and not only about themselves, but then their communication styles and about their managers and how they can best interact. So, and then we do that, and then we, we do a follow-up after that. We say, okay, now we know kind of more, you know about your personality. Now let's talk about your EQ. And we put everybody through a 360 review and do feedback and have some coaching sessions with everybody prior to going into the session uh, where we're sharing this report. And some of those, some of those reports can be tough when you, when you read the comments that people give to you that are constructive. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes that can be hard to hear. But, but so we provide those coaching sessions for them and say, let's talk to this. Let's talk about you know, the positives in here, let's talk about the opportunities for improvement. And now let's go to this, you know, this basically this like six hour course that we're all going to do together and intact team to talk about how we can, can uh, you know, learn more about ourselves and, and, and grow our, you know, grow, grow in different ways, whether that be, you know, again, from the emotional intelligence perspective, management, leadership, you know, uh, whatever that may be. So um, it's, it's great to have that opportunity and, and, and to have people that engage with those trainings and, and really start mm-hmm. to learn about themselves. Now you're with a you're currently working with an organization that is a name brand that's been in existence for well over a hundred years. Um, whether you're a fan or not, everyone knows who the Boston Red Sox are or is. Tell me or tell us is is how different is it working for a professional sports franchise of the magnitude of the Red Sox compared to working anywhere else? Is it we just assume that you're spending your day hanging out with millionaire ball players and eating <laughs> hot dogs and, 
and, uh, you know, in Cracker Jack all day. But t- tell us more about, about how it's different and how it's unique to be working with, with the Red Sox. Sure. I would say, um, you know, the first question everyone asks me when they find out that I work for the Red Sox is, you know, do you work with the players? And I will, I will, you know, and, I, and, and as much as I said, I'd love to, you know, walk around and say, yeah, but I've got David Ortiz on speed dial and Mookie Betts, you know, came over for the 4th of July. Um, it's not the reality, you know, so, so my role, um, you know, you know, I think our community relations, our alumni relations, our media relations, you know, and our baseball ops are the ones that primarily deal with the players. Now, you know, we do have, uh, we do spend a lot of time with um, the business operation of the Red Sox. We kind of think about business operations and baseball operations. Company, you know, you've got your, you've got your marketing, your HR, your legal, um, you know, depending, you know, depending what your core operation is, your IT, you know, and then the business, the baseball operations, which is unique, right? So I would say at different companies I've worked at, you know, at Hasbro, the unique aspect was your design and engineering um, folks that are working on developing your toys at the Red Sox, at the baseball operations. And that's what we focus mostly on, right? Our, 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 our uh, we're in the business of trying to win World Series championships. So, um, you know, on the baseball operations side, we've had an opportunity to spend more time, you know, um, doing things like talent reviews and doing things like, um, you know, working with their performance review process and, and trying to better understand, you know, what they need from a professional development perspective, which is very different than what somebody on the business side might need. Someone in the business side might be looking for, you know, um, either speaking and presentation skills. And not that people on the baseball operations side need, don't need that, because they certainly do, but they might be looking at, hey, what's the best um, what's the best conference I can go to to learn how to be a better scout? What's the best uh, online training or the best um, best industry meeting that I can go to to understand a little bit more about, you know, being a really good pitching coach? So very different, right, in terms oh, of the right. skill sets that people need. Um and I will, you know, I think from a, from a business perspective, I find that on the sports side runs very lean and mean, um, you know, cause we are trying to put as much as much of our dollars towards, um, towards feeling a winning team. Right. And that takes money, you know, it takes payroll. And so, um, you know, it's definitely unique. Um, but I will say there are, there are certainly, you know, getting, going to Fenway Park every day and, and getting to be there in that environment and doing the work that I do. I never thought that there were actually jobs. In human resources, we could go do that. And, um, <laughs> and the fact that I'm doing it is, you know, it's quite, it's quite, it's, it's awesome, you know, and, and the fact that you can actually do that and, and, and spend time doing something you, you like from a career perspective, but do it at a place and with an organization that you, um, you know, absolutely are uh, in support of, you know, and have been in support of for most of your life is, is kind of unique. Yeah. So I've got to assume, though, that you have met some high profile ball players. Yes. 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 And, um, you know, I think, um, you know, we've had, again, we've just got different opportunities to, to do things that are, um, you know, that are unique, you know, at one of our holiday parties, you know, David Ortiz showed up by the ice sculpture. This is after the 2013 world series. I think our holiday party that year, we had the world series kind of ice sculpture and he showed up and, you know, just happened to be there and take pictures with employees. Right. So, um, you know, and then, you know, we do these things called winter weekend. It has been at Foxwoods in the past. It's now at MGM and there are, you know, everybody pitches in. It's one of these organizations where, yeah, I'm a human resources guy, but on those weekends I've done, I've worked the autograph rooms or I've worked the security detail. And, you know, and in those instances, I've, you know, met a lot of the players at, you know, autograph rooms and walking them around and, um, things like that. So it's been, uh, it's been certainly, um, from that perspective, you know, that's, 
you know, the fanboy and it comes out a little bit. Right. But you try to you try to try to hold it all in as best as you can, because, you know, you know, the ones the ones that I see, I see like, you know, Wade Boggs and Dwight Evans and Fred Lynn. And I'm like, I, when I was little, I was, you know, you know, yeah. and they're like, they're like, wow, you make me feel really, really old. <laughs> um, well, I, I think you have a good sense of what you really like. It, it's, it's so much fun to be part of an organization that you believe in, that you actually, you, you actually cheer your company on when you think about it. Um, literally, literally. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, in your HR job and in the work that you do, is there anything you might change? Or- I think from a change perspective, and again, this is, this is, I think every, I think we can all, um, you know, we, we can do some of it is, you know, it's been interesting because of, because of COVID, right. Mm-hmm. One of the things that's one of the hardest parts about working, I think in professional sports is trying to find balance. And that is, you know, um, we get 81 games a year at home at Fenway. We've got 10 to, you know, somewhere between seven and 12 concerts, depending on the year. Um, we have so many different events. The ownership has done such a great job of maximizing revenue and maximizing the ability to use Fenway Park for so many different things. Mm. Um, so I think there's this sense of, I got to be at the park and I need to be there. Um, not for fear of missing out, but because like everyone else is here and we're so committed. And like I said earlier, we run lean and mean. So it's like, you know, I think one of the things that if we could do, a, a, if we could do, and I think, I think it's probably professional sports in general, find a way to help employees find that balance. And there are pockets of it where people get it and some different teams that, 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 that do it better than others. And sometimes it comes down to the individual. But I think if there's a way that we could do that, and I, what, what we've learned though through COVID is that so much work can be done remotely um, and that there might be ways going forward to figure out how to, um, you know, make some changes in how people work. You know, maybe during a, maybe when it's not a homestand, people don't need to be at the park every day. Maybe they can take some time off and do their work from home. Maybe in the off season, they can do some of that. I think we're still figuring all that out because obviously the fan experience can't be compromised so we know that we need people at the park during games and preparing for games and all that so there's you know that element will never go away because we're in the business of providing an experience but i think finding some finding some balance and helping our employees find that balance i think Mm -hmm. would be something going forward that we can that we can think about so what you're saying is you you must have some days where you you drop into your office around nine o'clock in the morning and if it's a game night the game doesn't begin until seven o'clock and sometimes it doesn't end until 11, which means your, your day potentially could be much longer just because you've got things to attend to that are right there in front of you and you can't walk away from them. Absolutely. And I think for, from my perspective on the HR side, some of the non-operational sides of, of the, um, you know, of the, of the business, not, you know, I, I'm fortunate. I'm not required to be there for every game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but it doesn't mean that I might not get a phone call at nine o'clock on a Tuesday night during the fourth inning because there's an employee relations issue that I might have to deal with. Um, you know, and, and, but, but you're right. There are, there are a lot of people that might come to the park 10 o'clock in the morning, go through a normal course of meetings and business meetings that, you know, and, and do work like someone else would at any other company, but their days just kind of starting to ramp up on a game day around three or four or five o'clock, depending on what's going on, right? Getting ready for the pregame and, and then, you know, some people, you know, if you're one of our productions guys or you're involved, your security or you're involved in one of our, you know, the actual game itself, you know, you might not get out of there till midnight, you know, and then you might be you're back up and doing it again. And those homestands sometimes are seven days long, you know, you could have, you know, so uh, it's, it's definitely, you know, they talk about the grind for the players and 
I didn't really have an appreciation for it until I started working there. Cause you think, Oh, you know, these guys are getting paid a lot of money. Who cares? You know, um, they can deal with it. And, you know, but they're, you know, not only are they doing their 81 games, they're doing 162, they're traveling, they're up late, but our employees certainly, certainly, um, you know, really enjoy working in the profession. And so they know what they're dealing with, but it is, is definitely a grind. Yeah. So, so balance is, is really what you would look for. That's, that seems yes. to be important. Yes. Yes. Something I think, yeah, something I think we all look forward. You know, we look, we look to try to attain and, and achieve as much as we can. Um, so obviously, some folks are listening in who might be curious or exploring the field of human resources. At this point, what would, what advice would you give folks who are looking to get into human resources, who who are looking to uh, maybe advance in human resources? What what might you say to them? Yeah, I'd say I'd say really understand why you want why you want to get into the profession. You know, I hear a lot of people say, "I want to get into human resources because I really like people." And you know, I, I joke and say that this is not the right profession for you. <laughs> but, <laughs> but but you know, you, you learn. And I say that only tongue in cheek, only because you know you do you're you're dealing with the best side and the worst side of people. You know, and so if you really you know, some people think because I like relationships and I'm and I like to be around people, then therefore this must be the the, the profession for me. You have to be able to deal with conflict. You have to be able to make hard decisions. You have to sometimes put, um, you know, you have to really, you know, think about what the company values are and, you know, and how you interact with people is going to be based on, you know, hopefully what those company values are. And, and but, you know, you, you'll definitely have some challenges. But I'd say, so think about why you want to be in it first. Mm-hmm. And then think about where you might want to go in. And I, 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 even though I came in through a specialist role in the talent acquisition side, um, I think early on, it's great to, ge- to, to generalize and, you know, you will d- find a role if you can, that's, you know, mm-hmm. um, that gives you exposure to a lot of different areas of HR. You might find out like, wow, I really have a knack for comp or I really love systems or, you know what, mm-hmm. I'm really good at conflict resolution and I can really harness some of that skill set into an employee relations role. Um, you know, and so there's so many different opportunities, I think. Um, within the profession, if you're just looking to get into it, you know, try and figure out where, um, where you can get that general level skill, um, mm-hmm. and then, and then go from there. And I'd also say, you know, find a company that you really believe in what they're doing as it relates to people, because, you know, you know, again, going, going dating myself a little back to when I was looking at the different accounting firms, yeah. you know, coming out of college, they all kind of look the same. Right. They all kind of like, you know, you're going to be doing the same type of work. It was, you know, some people had kind of a little bit of a corner on the market on a different client base. Some people are heavy in financial services. Some people are heavy in, you know, maybe manufacturing. But at the end of the day, it came down to why I made my decision to go to Deloitte at the time was what I what I felt about how I was treated as a as a recruit, who I interacted with, what the people and the culture seemed to be. And a short amount of time I had to kind of analyze that and figure that out in the meetings and interviews that I had. But I think go somewhere where people, if you're going to go somewhere to be in human resources, go somewhere where they really support their people. That's that, that's terrific advice. That's that's outstanding. And and you know it's it's really so great to hear, Mike, that you've had a career where you've had stops at organizations that you've really enjoyed, and these are name brand organizations that have great reputations, and and some of them have very long histories. So you've done really well for yourself, but your career is far from over. You have you have many years to go ahead of you and a lot to accomplish. Where does a vice president of human resources go from here 
Um, what might that next stop be for you or for maybe someone else who's in a similar position? Yeah, I mean, so, you know, if, if we're being, uh, you know, if we're being in full candor here, right? So I'm, I'm a vice president of human resource at the Red Sox. I don't have the top role. I have, um, you know, I, I have a senior role here and I have a lot of responsibility, but, you know, for me, it could be the top role somewhere else. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm right now, it's, you know, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. I, I can't, I, it comes down to what I said earlier. I enjoy the people. I enjoy the culture. Um, so I think continuing to see that grow and who knows within our FSG portfolio, that's family sports group, you know, we're doing a lot of mm-hmm. things with, with, um, you know, we're building a, building a theater over there and, you know, in the Fenway area, there's, um, you know, our businesses continue to grow. So, you know, I'm hoping that there will continue to be opportunities over there that will allow me to grow my skill sets and, and see what happens. But I think for people, um, you know, for people in this role, in this type of a role, they'll say, Hey, what, what could be next? You know, mm-hmm. again, maybe it's somebody saying, Hey, I want a more global worldview. So I want to go to a global company where I can, you know, have some more exposure to the global marketplace. Um, you know, or it could be somebody saying, you know, I really want to be, um, you know, could be the size and scale of a company, right? So, I mean, like I said, this is one of the smaller companies I've worked for in, in terms of people. But you know, somebody might say, "Hey, that that might be that might be what I want." But I really want to, um, I want to continue to you know grow and maybe go work for a bigger company. I, I've had that opportunity, so mm-hmm. you know, I don't know exactly what my next steps are. But I think uh, I want to I want to continue to see you know how uh, how FSG continues to grow and evolve, and we have so much to figure out as it relates to. The sports industry itself, right? I mean, right now we're just back to playing baseball. Um, we're excited about that, um, but we need to figure out what's going to happen as a way to getting fans back in the stadiums and, and continue to grow our business. We've been around for a long time. Red Sox, you know, have been down and out, you know, in the past, but it seems like we always find a way to rally back. And uh, yeah. I'm hoping that I'm hoping that the Red Sox and the sports industry in general, not just MLB, continues to do that. That's great. That's great. Well, Mike, we're we're just about out of time, and and um really want to thank you. This, this, this time has flown by. This has been a great conversation. And I know that our listeners will gain a great deal hearing about your rise in the ranks in human resources, where you come from, your background, and what you're doing today. So on behalf of CareerPod, I want to say uh, thank you, Mike Benigno, and uh, go Red Sox. Thanks. This is a great opportunity. I really appreciate it. And uh, best of luck to, uh, to all you out there that are pursuing a career in HR.